the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. episode of 2022 of the Women Changing the World podcast. We actually are going to be taking a little break and practicing what we preach uh, the last few weeks of the year into early next year um, so that we can work on some really exciting behind-the-scenes projects that we've been working on up until this point. Um, So we'll be back with new episodes uh, toward the beginning part of 2023. And for now, this again is our last conversation for the year. If there's anything that you would like us to cover in the new year, anyone that you think that we should have on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. But for today, I am seriously so thrilled to bring you the first ever live in-person recorded episode of the podcast. I got to sit down with all-around badass Adrienne Benzion. She is the founder of Uproar Ice Cream, a vegan ice cream based in LA that is mind-bogglingly good. Um, She's also a creative director and just an all-around badass. Um, We had so much fun talking about impact trends in the advertising world, Adrienne's journey in starting her ice cream brand, and the advice that she wishes she could give her younger self, um, and the ways that it may still apply today. I just know you're going to enjoy my conversation with Adrienne as much as I did. Liz, and I am so excited to welcome you to the first ever live in-person recorded episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. I am joined by the fabulous, amazing Adrienne Benzion, the founder of Uproar Ice Cream and an award-winning art director. Adrienne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh my goodness, so happy to have you here. Um, Just to set the stage for our listeners, we are currently sitting in my office in person in Oakland, uh, which is such a trip and a dream. Um, Before we get started, Adrienne, would you mind briefly introducing yourself to our listeners? Yes. Um, My name is Adrienne. I'm an entrepreneur and founder of Upper Ice Cream, as Liz said. So I'm also a chef since I'm making ice cream, and an associate creative director with a focus on art direction in advertising. I'm also a native Floridian and lived in New York City and now live in Los Angeles. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, I love to start with the biggest question first on this podcast. So 
Um, because this is the Women Changing the World podcast, I'm going to ask, if you could change one thing about the world, what would your one thing be? Um, I think I really wish that people could see and honor each other's humanity first above everything else. Um, there are just really so many like judgments and laws and violent acts that happen around the world because people really don't see or care or honor each other's humanity. That would be the one thing that I would really want to change. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. What a world, what a world to live in. <laughs> um, well, I'm curious, in addition to your day job, you founded Up for Ice Cream in this past year. So exciting. Um, please tell us like what led you on that path and why ice cream? Yeah, it's been a convergence of many things. Um, I would say I've always had this problem with authority. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand if you've always had a problem. <laughs> uh, people telling me what I needed to do and like where I needed to be and when. And so being my own boss has always had its appeal. And I wasn't really sure exactly what that business was going to be, but um, I had so many ideas. And right before the pandemic, just got my hands on my grandfather's vanilla ice cream recipe. Um, and it was really good, but it just, the ingredients felt a little dated and it was a little unhealthy. And I just started having personally all these food intolerances and, you know, things that I couldn't eat. And um, you know, wanted something that I could eat without feeling bad and also to still feel like I got that to have the indulgence of ice cream that other people got to eat. Um, so that's sort of where the experimentation started. And it was just this fun thing I was doing on the side. And then I came to work with you. Um, and, you know, thankfully, you asked me, like, where did I see myself in 10 years? And I just really imagined myself immediately just being in a kitchen making ice cream and just like being able to be creative and use my hands and really get in there. And it just made me feel really happy and joyous. And um, thankfully I had you to help me like focus and break down all the pieces. So it really felt attainable. So that's the, the journey of and passion of ice cream is really where it started, but it's been this like, culmination of all these things that has really gotten me there. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. You just gave me full body chills as you were sharing, sharing the vision. I mean, it's been so much fun to like be a witness to your journey of bringing this to life. Um, it's just so rad. Um, I'm curious if we could go back even a little bit further because yeah. I know you've had such an interesting career and journey to date um, and you can really go back like as far back as you want to go. But how did you come to be where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, I went to my, my undergrad was in art history. Um, so I kind of always had a passion for the arts and creativity. Um, but as I graduated, I was, I wasn't really sure what to do with that. Um, I knew that if I wanted to be in the art world, I had to go for more school and I just really wasn't ever that great at school. So I was just like, what else could I do? Um, and I started working in an office and I was just super bored. And any opportunity I had to be creative in, in this office, which was a financial services company, <laughs> um, you know, I would make up voices when I had to call people on the phone. I would like name the logos of things that they were like creating <laughs> in their financial systems. Like 
I just took any opportunity to be creative. And so then I just decided to move to New York City and go to photography school um, at the School of Visual Arts. And it was going to be a second bachelor's. Um, I started there. I went. I was there for a semester, met some amazing people. And I then I realized that I was going to be like $100,000 in debt and be a photographer. And I just really didn't have the financial means to do that. Um, so I had to leave art school. And I, at the time I was waiting tables and I just kept doing that. And honestly, I worked for free. I was like, uh, did grip work and a photo set. I was a stylist. I wrote a blog for like a company that was a startup. Um, we like worked in the woman's lobby of her building. Like I just did all these free stuff to try to figure out what I wanted to do. And I also had started my own blog where I was just writing about like entertainment in New York. And um, when I would meet people, I would just tell them, instead of telling them I waited tables, I would just tell them I had a blog um, and I was a blogger, which like, <laughs> this was like 2010. So it was a little bit of a different time, but um yeah. And then someone was like, oh, I have this this entertainment magazine that I'm working with. Like, maybe you can contribute your blog there. And I just started like finding other writing things that I would work on. And then someone was like, hey, do you want to do social media for this company? Like we have somebody that's just curating content, but we really need someone to create content. Um, and so I took the job and that was sort of how I fell into advertising. I didn't go to ad school, which is really a the more traditional path to get into advertising. And so I just was like this content creator and I wrote copy and I took photos and I learned how to use Photoshop and everything all on my own. Thankfully with YouTube mostly. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's kind of how I got into advertising. And then really, I mean, I'm very thankful for all the women in my life because every time I got a new job opportunity is because of a woman that I knew that, saw what I was doing and saw that I was passionate about this stuff and gave me opportunities along the way. So really like my first three jobs were all because of women that I met and knew. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I sort of, uh, I was working in New York and actually I was working a job that was very toxic and, um, uh, you know, crying at my desk every day. And then, I ended up getting laid off and it was such a blessing really because um, I got a job in Los Angeles and it took me here. And then I met my husband, um, well, my now husband <laughs> and um, yeah, have, have had a great career out here and have met a whole nother network of creative folks. And then um, now we're starting a, you know, a business in Los Angeles and really trying to build a community there. So for, for this business, so Los Angeles and the West coast has been really good to me. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. I'm a big fan of the West coast and LA. Um, what has the first year of like founding and running uproar, uproar, sorry, uh, looks like, um, a lot of just figuring out really how to break apart what this, what starting the business looked like. At first it was just six months of figuring out what the recipe is and perfecting it and trying to make it taste good. And, you know, then it was testing it with friends and seeing what they liked and what their feedback was and also learning what opinions not to take into account. Mm. <laughs> 
Um, and just like things that like, I, I think like I worked in restaurants for so long and also have been cooking for a long time. And I feel like I really trust my instincts when it comes to, to flavor and just being able to listen to feedback, but also being considerate of like, okay, if someone doesn't like ginger, they're probably not going to like this ginger thing. Um, and so just being able to like maneuver those pieces. But then I think it's really just been with food. There's so many like safety things you have to consider. And then just um, starting a business, just trying to figure out how you're going to market your business and who you're going to reach out to. And right now there's like so many ideas of how to do that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just really like figuring out what you have the financial means for in the beginning and how you can just get word of mouth without actually spending more than you, (laughs) than you, than you have. And, um, trying to use whatever resources you can. And I feel really thankful that the platform we're using, um, they're called Hot Plate. And if um, anyone is a food vendor, they've been a really great platform and super collaborative. And I really try to take advantage of that um, opportunity with them. So um, they've been helpful also just to like help us get to the next stage too. So any, and also just like meeting with anybody that I think has been, um, people that you've introduced me to Liz or other people that are just like, Hey, Oh my gosh, you're starting this business. I should connect you with this person. And just really trying to take any of those opportunities just to talk to people and listen to whatever advice sometimes has been really terrible advice. <laughs> um, I had talked at one point to this like guy who started a gelato company, a vegan gelato company. And he just, it seems like he had a really like bitter, bad experience. So I was trying to decipher okay what is like good advice here and what is just this person has had a bad time and is trying to you know what are what is it that they're trying to warn me from or what has actually just been like a bad experience for them so and trying not to take on that and be like be um what's the word I'm looking for trying not to be deterred because like their of their experience and just thinking like, well, this is a roadblock. I guess I, they had a bad experience with it. So I just shouldn't do this, you know, just really find that time to just, okay, well, I, this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm already here doing it. People are already saying it's good. Like I can figure this out, um, and just move on. So totally, yeah. uh, so much easier said than done. I think often <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely like three days of being like, oh my God, he, he had this terrible time. Am I doing the wrong thing? But yeah, I just, I think you just have to look within yourself a little bit and just be like, all right, well, if it doesn't work out, it's fine. I'll do something else. I have a whole career to fall back on. (laughs) Totally. Well, what would you say? um, And maybe it was this conversation, maybe it was something else, but what was like the worst advice that you've gotten along the way of getting this started? That particular person, uh, I don't know. He gave me some good advice. He just seemed so, like it was such a bad experience for him that, he, it was like, he was trying to warn me not to do it, but. Well, I, I guess know. on the flip side, what's the best advice that you got as you were getting started? I mean, people just being, honestly, just being motivators. Like this is really good ice cream. I really like this. It doesn't taste vegan. Like <laughs> that was something you really told me is just like, save all those, save all that good feedback because you will need it. And it's so true (laughs) because there's so many moments where I've just been like, Oh God, I don't know. Like this is hard. And 
do I really have the time for all of this? And I'm just like, but I really love making it. And it's just so fun to be like such a fun, creative outlet. And, um, I sometimes have just like pulled up those pieces of feedback or like text messages my friends sent me or, you know, looked at the Instagram of, of uproar. And I'm just like, okay, no, like this people like this, this is good. Like you just have to keep pushing, like you'll get there. Um, and also just sometimes I've, I've really been listening to a lot of, um, other female food entrepreneurs and their journeys. And that's been really motivating to just hear how people who really like bootstrap their business, how it takes, it takes longer. And there's a lot more that you have to do than just, I mean, I'm sure it's just as hard when you have investors, but just really it's, you know, it's all, you really have to push and grind it out yourself and really have a passion for it. And I think those people, even though they don't know me and I don't, (laughs) I only know them from the internet have been super motivating. So Uh, Yeah, I love that. I think both like saving like the positive feedback for the hard times and then like looking for, um, I know in manifestation, Lacey Phillips calls them like expanders, but looking for people who like represent what's possible, like those two things I have also found so helpful in entrepreneurship. If you, if you see it, you can be it. Right. And that's how I feel. Um, Cherry Bomb is like this really great women food they have a podcast like a media thing and I just feel like they've been it's been so motivating for me to listen to all these women fly by Jing and like all these other great brands I've just like you know absolutely blown up and are there's so many women creating like amazing food brands and I get to learn from them through this podcast and um so yeah Oh, it's like I get so to cool. hear oh, so many amazing women on your podcast too. So. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I'm very lucky. I have awesome guests like you. Um, and I learned so much too in talking to everyone about their journeys. I almost always learn something every time. Um, well, let's see. One of the things that I definitely wanted to talk to you about is your 2022 vision board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so tell us, I'm a huge fan of vision boarding as people who are listening, who know me probably know, um, it's been an annual ritual for me for the past few years. Um, yeah, I would love to hear everything about kind of like what went on it and what happened next. Yeah. Um, it, that was so fun and I can't wait to do it again this year. Um, it was The first thing I saw, like I was just looking through magazines and stuff. And the first thing I saw was woman. And I was just like, yes, because when I thought about uproar, well, one, when we were naming it it was just like, I wanted it to be this point, like ice cream is so joyful. And I just wanted to, and there's been so many things happening with women's rights and women's health rights. And I just really wanted it to be this thing where it was more than just ice cream right now. It feels like it's just ice cream, but like when it, you know, it can become this place where it's just more than, and you know, we do donate like part of our profits to the um, national network of abortion funds. And so I just, when I saw women, I was just like, this needs to be part, this is part of what I want this business to be. This is part of just like, I just need more connections with women. You know, I've only lived in LA five years and, three of that was spent indoors. So I was just like, I just need more women in my life that I can just get that joy with that I used to get with like my girlfriends that all now live all over the country. So that was a major part of it. And um, I'll just speak to the manifestation of that. I 
came to then, and I know at the beginning I'd kind of talked with you about like, oh, I maybe want to start this women's group, but you know, maybe that's how it would manifest. And then it just came to someone at my work asked me to like co-lead the women's employee resource group. And so that's how that's kind of manifested. And we've been able to take our resources that we get at work and um, we sent like 600 toiletry bags for the downtown women's shelter in Los Angeles. And we've donated like a thousand toys of toys for tots for the holidays. And we've just been able to do quite, and also we led like, or we had a like facilitator come in and speak to the women in our office during like row, the whole overturn of row. So people really felt supported. So I love that, like, at my office, I'm able to help like create the space where women can connect. And that was something I really wanted from the year. So I'm happy that that's come to life. <laughs> totally. Well, and it was so cool. I will say just like reflecting, it was sort of seemingly, at least from the outside, like effortless in the sense that like you set the intention and then this opportunity really found you. Yeah. It did. And then I was like, oh God, it's here. Do I want to do this? <laughs> I was like, do I have time for this? I'm also starting a business. Maybe this is a lot. Um, and um, yeah, the person that I was working with, she was just like, uh, she was somebody I had worked with at a previous job. And she's like, I just know that you're the right for- person for this. Like, we'll figure it out. Like we can make it really low stakes and just like do do it however we want to. And I was just like, all right we can do it our way. Like, I'm cool with that. We can do this. So it it really worked out well. And, you know, we're planning even like more things for next year. So that's cool. Um, And then I have love and leader and pioneering and speaking out, um, magical greatness, success and hope. And those are all have touched me in different ways, I think. But, um, pioneering. I don't know. I'm starting a business. It feels like, I feel like a pioneer in that sense. (laughs) Um, and then I have a lot of flowers and blooming and also just, um, passports. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go to Italy this year, thankfully. Um, so that was, you know, part of manifesting that. And I think just like, I got some money on my, on my, um, vision board and ladies night and friends. And I think, um, I've definitely made some new friends this year and old friends that I really had disconnected with um, because of COVID or friendships that were kind of in disarray that have like come back around um, and like are stronger than ever, I think um, has all happened this year. So I feel really great about that. And that's just also ties back to women. And then, you know, in addition to just like the women that I've been wanting to connect with also just like my womanhood and, um, just to speak really like candidly, you know, going, I've been going through IVF and, you know, that whole journey of just like really feeling all the feelings about just like being a woman and, uh, you know, using your, your body becomes like this social, ex- this, this experiment, not social experiment, this experiment for just like, you know, trying to bring another life into this world. And it's just, uh, a really, hard, interesting, strange journey, um, to just like understand, you know, that the whole cycle of bringing a life into this world and then doing it in this way. That's like 
you're literally a science experiment. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> let's poke you with some needles and hopefully this will all work out. And um, yeah, really experiencing the full breadth of, of being a woman and just like, and I don't mean that to be like, oh, if, if you don't have kids, you're not experiencing that. But just that like the full breadth of what the body is capable of um, that feels like, whoa, okay, women are really powerful because this is a lot. And if they could do all of this to their bodies and then also like run businesses, like lead Fortune 500 companies, like also just like take care of multiple children at once. Like that is a lot. And so like (laughs) I can see and understand why men are constantly trying to put us down because it's just so much to take on. Like women are just so strong and powerful. So I just feel like all of that has made me realize even more why women are so great. So I'm, I'm so happy that I had that on my board and it just feels like a real crux of my year. Um, Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, A little bit of a rant, but... (laughs) No, I'm here for it. I mean, women are so powerful. (laughs) I feel like... um, Yeah, I feel like you just touched on like so many dimensions of what it can mean to be a woman. And obviously there's like no one way to be a woman, but um, it just feels like you've had such a richness of like experience with that word and that intention over the past year yeah for sure I mean not to mention I took my hand to this um vision board and like really like painted it and cut stuff out and put stuff on it and I just feel like um making ice cream is like a very like you know, I'm, I'm using my own two hands to like do this thing. And I think the idea of just like getting your hands dirty, is something that's been a part of this too, and has been a part of my year that I like love and want to keep doing. Mm, That's so cool. And so meta. (laughs) I know it is a little. (laughs) Uh, Well, we may have already like fully explored this, but I, I know that like you've done a lot to surround yourself with badass women this year. And I'm curious if there's anything else that you want to share just about how you've gone about doing that and how it's really impacted you both personally and professionally. Um, I think trying, well, I think sometimes I can be a little shy And, (laughs) um, when people are like, yeah, let's hang out sometime. I might be like, sure. Yeah, let's do that. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they don't really want to hang out. They're just like being nice and just trying to like get over that and be like, stop being so self-conscious and just like, and shy and just, Hey, like, what are you doing? Let's hang out. Like really trying to like, you know, get to know follow up with people and like take advantage of like, Hey, they said they want to hang out. Like let's get people together. Um, especially I think after everyone's been so far apart, we, it's, it's actually like feels harder to get people back together. Like at first it was like, yeah, let's do it. And then you're just like, okay, wait, I'm like really comfortable at home. Do I actually want to go out and do something? Totally. I feel like we've had such a collective loss of momentum. Yeah. Something about working from home. It's like, it's not just like, I need to like, stop by this plan on my way home from the office. It's like, I have to put on pants. Yeah. <laughs> I have to put on pants for sure. Yeah. I have to put on pants. Uh, maybe, maybe I just want to look a little, I don't know. It's, it's, it's actually been nice to like, Oh, let me like put on some real clothes and like get out of the house and like see people. And then you realize that like, 
everyone's feeling a lot of the same. And it just, that has been really nice to connect with women. Like I got up some of my um, girlfriends, actually it was just like friends from like a former job. Um, We all got together like last week and we didn't know who was going to show up. Um, There was like two of us that were planning it. And then like, it was probably like 10 of us, but man, we had so much fun. It was so nice to just see everybody and you know, we all work in the same industry. So we just had so much to talk about and catch up on. And it was just really like validating to hear what other people were going through and felt. And, and yeah, I just, I've just been trying to do more of that. I think this year, whenever possible. And um, obviously we had an event together. Oh um, yeah. So fun. (laughs) That was so much fun. (laughs) Where we did like an intention setting event. And um, that was, that was really like a cool day. uh, I think with, with women, women that I had worked with and knew and women that you knew in LA as well. And, um, just bringing people together that didn't know each other and all doing this thing where we're just like, you know, taking time for ourselves to set our own intentions. That was super cool. And I really want to do more stuff like that with uproar and find ways to like bring women together. I really want to do like a ballot event for next voting where like people come together to like share their ballot to share who they might be voting for in like a group setting where they can like ask questions about candidates and stuff and like enjoy ice cream. So I'm hoping that next time there's a voting period, I can do that too. So just those kinds of things that can be like, you know, cause based where you're just like really trying to like get information and learn, you know, maybe it's protesting, maybe it's just like hanging out and like getting to know each other, um, doing stuff for yourself. So really trying to create through this brand also more, more connections that way. Totally. Oh, I think that's so cool. And I do think like building community as part of building a brand, that's something I've been learning a lot about lately. And just like, how do you put community at the center of your business? It's just such a different experience. I feel like when that's really part of the heart. I think so. That's what I'm hoping. Um, and the community where our new kitchen is, we just got a kitchen. So exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. We're super excited about it. Um, it's in the West Adams neighborhood of Los Angeles, which is really um, this neighborhood that a lot of food businesses have been sort of flourishing there. Um, it is sort of a gentrifying neighborhood. So it's kind of like you want to really be a part of the community. And I think not, uh, you know, offer something new to the community, but in a way that doesn't like tear down what the community is. And I'm really excited to be a part of, of this like exciting area of LA that's changing so fast. So. Oh, that's so cool. What a like fun, like innovative way to like also think about your physical location for when you get to make the product. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, I did want to come back to your advertising work for a minute. Um, I'm so curious, just given the work that you do, and actually maybe before I even jump into the question, like I know we didn't talk in detail about like sort of what your day-to-day in advertising looks like. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about sort of like what your magic is in the advertising world, and then would love to hear some of the trends that you're seeing as they relate to social impact and advertising. Yeah, Um Really, my job in the in the process of advertising as a art director of creative is to come up with ideas for how a campaign might come to life. And then specifically, I should visualize what that idea is. Um, so, you know, just like very high level, I have a partner who's a writer and we will come up with ideas about how 
a brand, let's say like commercial would actually be executed and then they'll write a script and I would visualize through, you know, mock-ups and whatnot of like how that comes to life. And then as we move through the process, I'm really like managing the visual um, look of the whole campaign or TV commercial or whatnot. So um, that's really what my job is on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. It changes every day what it is. And, you know, it's a very project-based business. So um, sometimes we're in production and sometimes we're just coming up with ideas. Would you like to take the time to fully capture your accomplishments from this year, reflect on what you're calling in in 2023, and create your own personal vision board? Our Winter Workshop Series is an opportunity to do all of that while also connecting with an intimate community of women changing the world. Each event will include a guided meditation, prompts to help you structure your reflection, and worksheets and templates to help you capture the magic. Sign up for one, two, or all three today and get 20% off when you use the promo code podcast. Visit http colon slash slash www.elizabethbest, that's Elizabeth with an S, best, B-E-S-T, dot com slash workshops for all the details and to join us. Totally. There's such a fun variety of tasks that you could be doing on any given day. Yes. Um, well, so what are you seeing like on the impact side of things? Like how has the advertising world been shifting in the past few years? Um, I think there's definitely been a lot of um, pushes for more diverse talent, um, not just in front of the camera um, in our cast, but behind the camera. So um, there's been some really great things. Actually, a former coworker of mine created Bid Black, which is um, a website for um, Black directors, directors of photography, um, editors, colorists, anybody who's in the like post-production side of, of um, advertising. Um, and then there's other things like Free the Bid, which is all like a women, um, uh, a platform for women that are on that side of the business as well. So that has been really cool. I think that some clients are a lot better about um, you're requesting that kind of talent than others. Um, but I definitely think that you can freely be like, we need this kind of talent. Like, <laughs> let's get more diverse talent in here where I think it might have been a little harder years ago. So I think that's changing a lot and it's really great to see. Um, and I think, you know, now in casting, it's a lot, uh, you're seeing like much more diverse talent and also a lot of people looking for real people, like real bodies, you know, real people. Sometimes it's like people that might not have even acted before, but you just want to see like real faces, um, not just like modely people on camera, which I think is really cool. Um, and then I think like the, the award system in advertising is really interesting. Um, there's a lot of awards that happen, um, like Can Lions or um, the One Show. These like really big Clio, which is like a one that's been around forever. Um, these big award shows that people really work towards and will like create ideas to try to 
win awards with. And I think we're always trying to create award-winning work in our job. But I think there are some some ideas that can be created just to win awards. And um, sometimes those things don't actually get fully created. They're more conceptual. And sometimes people claim they're doing a lot of good um, when maybe they're you know, they're bringing attention to something when maybe they're not actually like doing something for the cause and they win a ton of awards around it. And that feels a little icky sometimes to me. Um, and I think to a lot of people um, where it's like, are you creating this because you just want to win an award? Or are you creating this because you really care about the issue? Um, and that's sort of a push-pull of advertising that I feel uncomfortable with. But I think whatever can bring attention to it is great. It's just, I think, I, I think it'd be nice if there's really more push to do something um, behind that. Um, I think another area where there could be better, <laughs> where there could be, um, you know, more diversity and inclusion and belonging is in creative departments. A lot of time in, in advertising agencies, there's a lot of women that work in the advertising agency. I'd say it's like, you know, equal, equally, um, you know, in terms of the genders, but I, when it comes to creative departments, it's usually still very male dominated. Um, thankfully the CCO with the chief creative officer where I work is female. And I think, um, she's a very like compassionate, wonderful person. And I think that really affects affects a lot of what happens at the agency. Um, but I have worked at a lot of places that aren't very female led. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great to have more women in, in creative departments because you need those voices just as much as you need male voices and, you know, other, you know, races and body types. And um, so that, that's an area where I think it could get better. I think the more diverse a creative department is, the better work you can create, the more people can see themselves in the ads, the more it feels relatable to the people who are watching them at home, the more it feels maybe less like an ad and more like something where I'm like, huh, that's like a human truth that I actually understand. So um it feels to me can be feel more genuine. So that's why I feel like it's really important to make sure that there's a lot of representation in creative departments. Totally. One, I feel like as you so astutely observed, it's like representation in front of the camera, behind the camera, like in the creative department, that's like deciding whatever makes it to the camera. Um, but that's really encouraging to hear that it sounds like things are generally moving in a much better direction toward like real people yeah and I mean there are other issues with like climate and whatnot like nfts um you know they came out and became this anytime there's like a new creative platform like way to actually like create things people want to make something of it but like as we know like nfts are so bad for the environment and I think oh, I actually I didn't know that yeah, they generate so much energy. Um, I don't remember the stat specifically, <laughs> but uh, it's a huge amount of energy it takes to like create an NFT. So they're like very bad for the environment. And um, I think 
a lot of brands that did it in the beginning are sort of being, you know, sort of questioning now, I think, if they really want to continue using that kind of platform, because at least I hope they are. I've, I've heard they are <laughs> because it's just it's just really, um, you know, not not a great for the environment. And I think there's other like advertising agencies that also like support companies that are not great for the environment um so totally and help them tell a story that would indicate that they are exactly um and there's actually an initiative i think it's called creatives for climate um to try to hold those agencies like accountable um it is also hard though because they employ lots of people and then that's something they have to consider is like okay these people will all lose their jobs if we didn't have this piece of business so I understand that, um, but I also think money is powerful, and people can people can decide how they how they want to use their money to make good things happen. And I think that's even happening with like Twitter. So that's a whole other <laughs> totally. That's a whole other podcast. Episode. Whole other thing we could go down. So <laughs> I'll hold that thought. Well, maybe on a on a slight in a slightly different vein than Twitter. Um, what are what's the thing, or what are some of the things that are making you feel most like hopeful or optimistic about the world and the future right now? Yeah, I think I feel most hopeful now that this next generation is voting. Um, just like seeing in the midterms, all these all these young people starting to vote. Um, and the effect that they're really having and like they're really making their presence known. And that gives me so much hope um, for what's possible. So I think, I think that's like, I don't know, just, just having this next generation being able to vote just makes me feel like extremely hopeful, just like what, what's possible. And, and maybe we can actually start to really change things and say no. Say no to the people who refuse to go away. (laughs) Definitely. Well, that's like there's more of us than there are of them. And we need to vote. (laughs) Yes. And we need to vote, as your shirt says. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I am wearing my vote sweatshirt today. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm curious. What advice do you wish that you could give your younger self? I always love hearing what guests on the podcast like wish they could tell their younger self. And you can totally pick an age or just give some generic younger Adrian advice? I think when I was starting my career, I was really insecure. Like I said, I started my career. I didn't go to ad school and I just sort of fell into this job um, because I was like doing this thing. Um, I was taking photos and making content and someone was like, hey, do you want to do this job? Because social media just started and no one knew what it was. (laughs) Uh, I feel like there were so many of us in like 2008, 2009, 2010 who were just like, social media? Sure. Like I could figure that out. And like, that was my first job after college. Yeah. (laughs) It was the wild west. Yeah, exactly. And we're like the young people. So they're like, you got this, right? Um, but anyway, I just, I, I also felt like immensely insecure about some things. Um, and I think, you know, my way of reacting to things sometimes was to act like I knew what I was talking about instead of, instead of, I I wish someone would have just told me like, it's okay not to know and you can ask questions and that's how you'll learn. And I, I just wish someone said that to me and said, I just felt like, oh, I had to be this, I had to be cocky. Like I had to come in with an attitude. I had to like know what's up. 
so here I am, this girl in New York City who's like in my 20s and I'm, I'm like, oh, I know what's going on. But like in reality, I had a lot of things that I didn't know and I, I just wish I would have asked more. Mm. And it really took younger, like when I'm now leading things and there was, I just remember there was this one person who was an intern and he asked so many questions and I was just like, oh my God, he's so unafraid to like ask all these questions. And why was I so scared to do that? Um so yeah, I mean, sometimes you learn from from the youngins too, you know? So that's what I would probably say to my younger self. It's mm. okay to ask questions. Totally. I feel like it's like so often, I think for my younger self, it's like you're scared that like people are going to like find you out, that you like yeah. don't have all the answers. Exactly. But like you're like 23, like you don't have all the answers. <laughs> you don't need to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that you don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> like secrets out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why didn't anyone say that to me? I don't know, but I I would say that to me now. Totally. And I think it's still great advice for now, too. Yeah, true. (laughs) We're all learning, right? There's so many, now you realize there's so many times where you're like, oh my God, no one knows what the hell they're doing. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget someone who had been doing like impact marketing and communications in the impact space for a very long time. I saw at a conference once, probably like five or six years ago. And someone who I had looked up to and was like, this person is such a like pioneer in this space. And he told me like the moment when he realized that everyone was just making it up as they went along and that like he also was making it up as he went along. And I was like, wait, you're telling me literally everyone is just making it up as we go along. It's like so liberating to realize that there's not like a handbook of all the right answers. Yeah, totally. And I think like also in my job, it's so collaborative. A lot of times it's like you never know where the right idea or thing is going to come from. So it's just like. And also you might ask a question that literally everyone was thinking, but no one said, and which is now what I've sort of come to realize um, as I've gotten older. So yeah, I think, I think it's so important still today. You're right. Um, well, I also, as you can now see, I always allude to this on the podcast. I'm surrounded by post-its like a crazy person. Mm. She can see the proof. Um, mm. so my favorite things to ask for when one day we turn these into something physical. Yes. Which um, you're going to do. Yes. Which is going to happen. <laughs> 2023. Um, what do you want to put on your post-it note or post-it notes? Yeah. I was thinking about this and, um, I listened to this. I'm a big fan of masterclass, like the media channel, whatever masterclass, you can buy a subscription, big fan. Uh, I think I just like love learning from people. And I listened to the masterclass with Gloria Skynum, total badass woman. And she had on other um, like civil rights activists. um, And she had on this woman, Amanda Nugent. um, And she said, joy is the ultimate form of rebellion. And I just I don't, in that moment, I don't know if I just needed to hear that or it just resonated with me so much. And really it's been the motivation for the ice cream brand because there was moments where I was like, oh, I'm just creating an ice cream brand. And like, there's so much like crazy stuff happening in the world. And does this even matter? And I'm just like, but it does matter because ice cream is joy. (laughs) Like it is literal happiness. And it's important to like find happiness when all of this crazy stuff is going around. Otherwise we would just be like, you know, walking around like a bunch of mopes. So it feels like having those moments of joy with your girlfriends or your family or watching your favorite TV show or whatever it is, like 
those moments are important to just, you know, have your rebellion because we endure a lot as women. And I think it's so important to just like, yeah, be able to be able to feel happy. Uh, I love that so much. And honestly, I remember when you first shared that quote with me previously and like I found it so inspiring as I think about like my work and my business. And I just think that there's like, it's so simple and so powerful, this idea and this concept and for women in particular, like just like, "Mm." (laughs) yeah, it just makes you feel like if you just imagine, like, I think we had talked about like, you imagine all these women together, like laughing or like, and just enjoying each other's company. Like there's this like raucous, like energy to it. It's just like, oh, we can literally do anything because we have this joy and it's like, it combats all evil to me. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, and like, I, and I love the visual too of like women together, like channeling their joy and being like, let's go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So cool. Um, well, I'm curious, like what is next for Uproar Ice Cream? Yes. Um, well, we are finishing the year with our last drop in December, um, dropping on December 7th. And if you're in Los Angeles, you can get our ice cream um, via our hot plate or our Instagram. It's Uproar Ice Cream. Um, so that's our last drop of the year. And then in January, we're hoping to hit up some farmer's markets in Los Angeles. So oh my gosh. We'll see TBD, but that's our, that's our plan for next year. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And ho- who knows what else Uber eats for where we're going to test the the grounding points and see, see what, see what does well for, for our fans. But I, Otherwise, we're also looking for a good holiday flavor if anybody has any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. If people have holiday flavor ideas, is Instagram the best way for them to share them with you? Yes, on our Instagram. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, we have a, a very popular chocolate ice cream with peppermint patty swirl. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, and I, I realized one thing that we haven't talked about about the ice cream, which I feel like we'd be remiss not to mention, is all the steps that you have taken to make it like truly accessible to people with a range of dietary restrictions. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, we forgot to talk about, we totally didn't talk about it. <laughs> but before we go, like, you know, it's chocolate peppermint patty, but it's like so much more. <laughs> yes. Um, I only mentioned that cause we're, that's the one we're going to um, bring back in December, but yeah, it's the ice cream is vegan and it's gluten-free and nut-free. Um, and the reason for those things are, you know, like I was saying before, I had food intolerances and couldn't find the things that I needed in the store and was like, okay, well, how can I make something that not just I can eat, but everyone else can eat? Um, so yeah, uh, there's lots of allergy and allergy, uh, having people that love to enjoy our ice cream and, um, have said it doesn't even taste vegan, (laughs) which is to me like a great compliment. Um, because the more it tastes like that thing that you're looking for, that satisfying craving, like the better it is. So, um, and we have really fun, unique flavors. Totally. They're awesome. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's like such a complete ice cream experience. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And, um, hoping, hoping you Angelinos can try it and that we'll get to the Bay and other areas of California someday soon. 
Awesome. Um, I'm hoping so too. I like cannot <laughs> wait to have Upper Ice Cream be a fixture at all of my events. <laughs> Um, in the meantime, for people who are listening, I know you already alluded to this and we'll make sure we include links in the show notes also, mm-hmm. but like, what are the best places for people to follow you, follow Uproar, like keep in touch and like potentially get their hands on a pint if and when they're in LA? Yes. Um, our Instagram, which is Uproar Ice Cream. Um, and then we also have the hot plate, which is where you purchase it. Um, but it is linked in our bio. It's hotplate.com slash Uproar Ice Cream. Pretty simple. Find us there. Oh my gosh. We uh, launch our new flavors. Um, We'll do a drop on Wednesday, December 7th, and then you can pick it up on the following Sunday and Tuesday. Amazing. So exciting. Um, Well, thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on the podcast. Um, If you're listening and you're in LA, get your hands on this ice cream. It is so good. (laughs) You will not regret it. Um, But yeah, it's just been so fun to talk to you about like the past year and your journey. You're amazing. And it's just such a, such a treat, pun very much intended. (laughs) You're amazing. And I'm so thankful for you and your help on this journey for sure. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Liz.Best, that's L-A-S dot B-E-S-T, or you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz Best. Join my mail list by visiting elizabethbest.com slash monthly meditation and you'll receive all the latest updates on events, retreats, and opportunities to work with me, plus a monthly love note from my heart to your inbox. I am so excited to keep in touch and I'll see you in the next episode.